0: Hey, so good to be in the house of God again. I love, love, love getting together. Uh, I loved online, but there's something about being together. As I said last week, do a quick check. If you can put yourself on mute, you are not in a Zoom meeting anymore. Uh, you are now in person. We can hear everything you say. And uh, I checked. Yep, pants are on, so it's all good. We're good to go. Hey, uh, we're, we're going to conclude our series, Letters from Lockdown, this morning. And we've been journeying, journeying through some of the main themes of our uh, of, of the, the book of Philippians uh, talking about joy talking about suffering and uh, this is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul in lockdown in a Roman prison cell and it 's from that place of lockdown that place of uncertainty that you're Philippi and as we've journeyed through the the book of Philippians and, and, and our own journey of lockdown I hope that uh, this has been helpful for you and today I want to Conclude with a with the theme that I believe ties all of it together, all of the story in lockdown, the story of that we're seeing right across the globe at the moment. Uh, next week, I want to preach a message specifically into what's happening around the world. A message called "Laying Down My Prejudice," because at the moment, there's a lot of things that we need to consider internally within our own lives. We can, we can look at what's happening and we can, we can make our own judgment. We can make our own call on what we think is happening. But I think there's something that needs to happen internally in our own hearts before we give a voice to anything else. And I want to challenge all of us. I want to set up a moment, an opportunity for all of us to search our hearts before God. So that, that's going to come next week. But as we conclude this message today, we want to see how that Paul had the something within him, there was something that he understood that allowed him to have joy, peace, a sense of hope and breakthrough, and the idea of living in the light of eternity. Let's read together in Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 to 21. This is Paul talking to the church in Philippi. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told many, live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. The God is their stomach. Come on, how many testimonies from lockdown? Can we? That's where all the flour went. And the glory is but our citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Paul saying our citizenship is in heaven. Small yet powerful statement from Paul. Would you pray with me as we go into this message today? Heavenly Father, thank you for being able to gather together. Thank you for your church, Lord Jesus, that continues to grow stronger. God, I pray that we would play our part. Lord, that we would recognize what part we have to play in the body of Christ. Lord, that we would see things as you would want us to see them in the light of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. I like the last part here that he's going to transform our lowly bodies into his glorious body. How many people are looking forward to exchanging their lowly body for one of those heavenly glorious bodies? I've already picked out my model. <laughs> it won't look anything like this. We've all got a national citizenship, don't we? We've got a bunch of Kiwis in the house. Any Kiwis in the house? Yep. Got any South Africans in the house? Come on, make some noise, South Africa. World champions, eh? Come on. Any English? Anyone from Europe? Um, not a lot of noise. Come on! Any Australians in the house? I wasn't mocking. I was just asking the question. Many of us are citizens of New Zealand. Many are becoming citizens of New Zealand. And Paul is saying your citizenship, as a follower of Christ, is—it's not here. It's not New Zealand, it's not Australia, it's not England. Your citizenship, where you belong, where your your heart will be, where your eternity will be, is in heaven. And he's saying that the work of Jesus is not done yet. His work is to bring everything under control and set things right and make what is broken perfect. But it's not done yet. See, our place of our identity Our place of belonging, our perspective, our home base, our territory, our place, our worldview we live from is temporal. But we're looking at the eternal. It's like Paul is saying, I want you to live in the light of eternity. Lives in the light of eternity. Something, when we see the light of God, when we see eternity, when we live our lives, when we make our decisions, Based on eternity, everything shifts in perspective. See, my problem is that, that too often I see things in the light of my circumstance. I'm having a bad day, so everything sucks about the world. Things aren't going well for me, so that means that everything's wrong. You know, I'm struggling to, to, to break through in a particular area, and so I don't find I don't I don't want to see anybody else succeeding. I don't want to see anybody else having their breakthrough. It's like, how come I didn't get mine? And so I see things through the light of my circumstance or my present reality. Whereas Paul's saying, can you start to see things in the light of eternity? Come on, this is the guy who's in lockdown. This is the guy that could be moping, could be complaining about how bad his life is. And he says, I'm going to write a letter to encourage some people who aren't in lockdown. I'm going to encourage a church. The needs to hear the hope of the message of Jesus. Come on, can we see things from the, the light of eternity? I believe that uh, we can understand, grasp this concept of eternity. It's, it's so hard to grasp how big and wide and long and deep eternity is. But, but let me see if I can help maybe give a little bit of perspective. I want you to imagine that this rope relates to eternity. The size of this rope is the length of eternity. So we've got about 30 meters here. Hopefully, this will surround us all. Watch your legs. I'm coming through. Get it low. I want rope burn. Have to fill in a ram's form for that. This is just 30 meters of eternity. Imagine a thousand or... 20,000 or 50,000 or, there you go, 30 meters of rope. What you don't see is what I'm holding in my hand, but actually you do see it. It's up on the screen. Right there is about 6,000 years of the Old Testament. That's about 2,000 years of the New Testament. See that little white dot? See that little white right? That's about the extent of our lifetime combined. And that that's probably too big, to be perfectly honest. In the light of eternity, and, and, and I, like I'm saying, this, this rope is not long enough. This rope goes on and on and on and on. And yet, God holds all of humanity. Every human being that's ever graced this planet, every problem, every challenge, God says, I got you. This is seeing life in the light of eternity. My little dot, our little dot, we're all in this dot together. In the light of eternity, Paul's saying, would you see a perspective that is far bigger than ourselves? And that's not to say that our life is insignificant because our life truly matters. Everything we do matters. But let's see it in the light of eternity, not in the light of my current Circumstance. My dot matters. Your dot matters. In the light of eternity, I want to talk about three things that we, we can see. Three things that will help us to see. First one is we can see in the light of eternity how to live for the right well done. When we want to live for the right well done, well done. I'm not talking about how you cook your steak. I'm talking about the right well done. Our senior minister, Luke Bro, legend in the faith, he has given dozens and dozens and dozens of young people opportunities to, to lead and ship position. He says, you know what? Just go for it. Now, this is the guy that says, yeah, let, let's, let's buy that piece of land in Prime Auckland real estate. We've got 10 bucks. That should be enough to start with. This is this incredible general of the faith who has served humbly and faithfully over so many years. And thousands, tens of thousands of people have heard the gospel through, through, through his leadership, through all the people that have, have, have come, come alongside him and joined him in the journey. Such an incredible man of faith. Now, one of the scariest things is to preach in front of him. Be, he's in the room and, and you're preaching and you don't want to look at him you don't want to try and read his expression but if he comes up afterwards looks and he goes well done it's like oh, that's amazing now if he comes up and he puts his hand on your shoulder it hasn't happened to me yet but i I'm, I'm i'm praying for the day and he puts his hand on your shoulder and says that was great it's like you might as well just retire that's it that's as good as it gets but you know what? I don't want to live for Luke's well done. That's important in saying well done. I, I don't want to live my life thinking, will, will Luke be okay with what I'm doing? I don't want to live for my boss's well done. I don't want to live for my friend's well done. I don't want to live for, for society's well done that says well done. You're keeping up. You're, you're, you're fitting into the mold that we want you to fit into. There's a well done that I'm craving and I'm longing and I'm desiring. In the light of eternity, I want to make sure I'm going after the right well done. The Apostle Paul, when he's writing this letter, he wasn't living for the well done of his peers like he did before. See, if he was living for the well done of his peers, the Pharisees, he would still be persecuting the Christians. He'd be throwing them into prison. He'd, he'd be condoning their death. But not anymore. This is the Pharisee of Pharisees, the one that was working for God to kill all the Christians. Get rid of this, 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 this cult, the sect. Let's get rid of it. Let's bring back pure religion again. Yet he has an encounter with God, and he now sees in the light of eternity, he's not going for the well done of his peers anymore. He's also not looking for the well done of the Romans. If he was, he'd stop preaching Christ, wouldn't he? He'd acknowledge that Caesar is Lord. And he'd live his life for the well done, good and faithful Roman. But that's not what Paul's living for. Paul is living for another, a more important, well done. One that matters more than anything else. When we stand before God and we give an account for our life, and one day we will, there's one well done that matters the most. Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about the, 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 the slave, the servant, who was faithful in the things that he'd asked him to be faithful in. And he says, well done. Good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. I read this and I go, it doesn't say, well done, Mike. Well done, Mike, the 37th best preacher in Elam. It doesn't say that. There's no grading on it. It doesn't even say what. It just says heart. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done with one talent, good and faithful servant. Well done with two talents, good and faithful servant. Well done with five talents, good and faithful servant. What has God asked? That's what should motivate us, the well done, good and faithful servant. Let that pat on the back. Let that be what motivates us, not somebody else's. Recently, the great apologist Ravi Zacharias passed away. Incredible man of faith. His teaching just phenomenal. The way he would handle conversations of faith, people that would challenge his faith, and with with this loving smile and this gentle response, would just bring the truth of the word of God, which could just silence a room. Absolutely beautiful. Someone asked him, "What do you think you'll say to God when you meet him?" And Ravi Zachariah says, oh, "You know what? I'm I'm not that concerned about what I say to him. I'm more concerned about what he might say to me." <laughs> So that's living in the light of eternity. That's living for the right. Well done. The second thing I believe the light of eternity will help us with is to see the bigger picture. Have you ever seen a movie with a, with a plot twist that you just didn't see coming? It's like, it's like whoa! I remember watching this movie. I, was, I, was, I, I knew who the main character was, you know, because I, I saw the, the title screen and it was like, great. This movie's going to be all about this person. It was sit on a plane. And this person is, is on the plane, 20 minutes into the movie, he gets sucked out of the plane. Like the cargo hold, he's gone. I'm going, wait a minute, that's the shortest movie I've ever seen. He was not the main character, apparently. I mean, I'm, I'm going through the whole movie thinking, and he's, he's hanging on to the touch. See, that plot twist, everything else is seen in the light of that plot twist. Every decision, every conversation, you go, ah, now I know why that happened. Now I know why they said that. These seasons of, 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 of you know, TV shows that take five seasons or 10 or 12 or 75 seasons to finally get to the, ah. It's like, just watch the last episode, people. Save yourself. A million seasons. Or we'll read the review. But in the light of eternity, these kind of things start to make sense, don't they? And you know what? We won't understand everything in this lifetime. And the the sooner we realize that, the sooner we accept that, that we won't know and understand everything as to why it's happening, that's probably a, a good way of finding some peace in our lives. But if we can start to see things in the light of eternity, we will start to see a bigger picture. Remember, God's holding all of humanity in his hands. He, he's got us. He's got us. He's got the human race, one people, in his hands. Philippians three eighteen to 19, it says, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. If our focus is on earthly things, And we don't see what God wants us to see in the life. We focus on the things here and now. We focus on the food. We we focus on the the title. We we focus on the position. We we focus on the well done from somebody else. But as we learned last week, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. It's a perspective that matters most. When when life is tough, when, when we face horrible things in our life when COVID throws us into lockdown, when tragedy strikes and evil and humanity rises up and the world rises to its feet to protest. If that's all we've got, the protest, it's right, it's right that we stand up for the injustice that we see in our world, but but but, but where's the hope? See, that the darkness won't get lighter until the light is brought into it. The light penetrates the darkness. More darkness won't, won't change the, the darkness. Can't fight darkness with darkness. Can't fight hate with hate. Can't fight evil with evil. Look at how the world has gone into turmoil, us trying to do that. I'll get revenge on you because you did that to me. And I'm not saying that anything that's happening at the moment is justified and right. But the only way we see a nation turn around, the only way we see a people come together again is through a place of humility. I saw a, a group of protesters going to the Miami police station to protest, as was their right to do. And the police officers, they took a knee. They knelt before these people. And they said, please forgive us. Please forgive us. They knelt. They asked for forgiveness for the sins of the, the police force and the wrongs that had taken place. There were photos of these, these people embracing as a, as a work of healing was beginning. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. It comes from a place of humility and light of eternity, to see a bigger picture. Not around my circumstance and what I want and what I need, but in a bigger picture. I really believe that um, this morning as I was praying that there are people that are struggling to lift their eyes off off their circumstances in front of them. Just struggling to, 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 to see where they need to see. And God's asking you, God's inviting you God's encouraging you to lift your eyes from your circumstance. Lift your eyes from that place. You keep going back down to, but this is me, this is eyes. I want you to see a bigger picture. I want you to see something in the light of Look at me, says God. Look at me. Focus on me. Like Peter in the water. As he's sinking, Jesus says, Peter. Come on, we've got to reach out and we've got to take his hand. We're struggling to stay afloat. Let's see the bigger picture. Let's see what God wants to do in the bigger picture. And lastly, as the team come this morning, the light of eternity will illuminate our present. The light of eternity will illuminate your present, your moment, your right now. Have you ever stayed in somebody's place, a place that's unfamiliar to you, whether it's a friend's place or a motel room? And it's pitch black. It's the middle of the night. You wake up. You've got to go to the bathroom. You've got to get a drink of water, whatever it is. And and your, your, your muscle memory counts for nothing because the light switch you thought should be there is not there. You're not in your bedroom. You have no idea where things are. And you get out of bed and you stumble. And why is it that it's shin height, the corner of that dresser, every time? It's like it could hit on the side of the car. And and we stumble around trying to get perspective, trying to work out where we are. We can't even take a a confident step because of the darkness. But in the light of eternity, or in the iPhone or the Samsung light on your phone, (laughs) we can see. This is why we have to be people of the Word of God. If we are not people of the Word of God, we will not be able to see what God is doing right now in our lives. The Bible tells us, Psalm 119, God's Word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. I have people ask, what am I, what am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to do with my future? My response is pretty simple. Just the last thing God asked you to do. Because if you're not doing that, there won't be peace in your heart. If you've done the last thing that God asks you to do, don't worry, He's setting you up with your next step. And as you open the Word the next day, guess what? Bing! Oh, there's my next step. This is as simple as the walk walk of faith is, friends. I wake up today. and I say, God, show me what I need to do. Show me your path of righteousness. And I step. And I serve. I position myself at the table where where I can serve some people around me. I turn up. And I go to bed at night, listening for the what a mic, good and faithful servant you did great. And I wake up the next day. Guess what? God, what about today? One more step. One more step. One more step. One more step. If God showed me what was in my future, I would skip all of the other stuff and try and race to that place. I would not learn any of the lessons. I would not grow in character. I would not fall on my face the, the, the amount of times I needed to in order to become the person He wants me to be. Come on, if we see if we are seeing in the light of eternity, in the Word of God, we're going to be able to see. God will illuminate our present. If we're struggling today, say, God, purpose, direction, focus. Where where do you want me to be? Can I encourage you? Go go to the Word. Go to the Word. Say, God, speak to me. use a real simple application, the SOAP principle. It's good for your body. It's good for your soul too. SOAP, Scripture. What's the Scripture you're reading? O stands for Observe look at the look at the passage look at who was who it written to? what was it for? you know in what context was this passage written? and then a is apply. how do I apply that truth, that scripture to my life to my situation, to what's going on? and then that should motivate us to find ourselves in a place of prayer s o a p scripture observation, application, prayer. now if I start my day, prayer, that becomes my journey for that day. I'm going to find myself hearing the well done, the right well done. Not somebody else's, not the one I don't need to hear. God wants to illuminate our now. I tell you what, even Solomon, all the wealth in the world, richest man, the wisest man, I don't know about that. mean more than one wife. I don't know. I don't know how wise that is. I love my one wife. I'm going More than enough for me. <laughs> but you know what? This is what he said. He said, everything. I've discovered in my journey, in my pursuit of everything, that everything is meaningless. It's like the grasping of the, the wind. It's like, <laughs> I can't grab it. No, I can't. Because it's all meaningless. But in the light of eternity, we can make sense of it. What I do with what God's given me matters. How I treat people, it matters. How I live my life in front, it matters. Because in the light of eternity, God can illuminate our present. We can walk with confidence day by day in the Word of God as He lights up our step, lights up our path. This is what I need to do today, God, and I'm going to trust you in that. I had a pretty tough conversation with uh, uh, three entitled children this week, my own entitled children. Um, they, they thought they needed more Lego, and they are upset that we wouldn't get them more Lego. Everyone needs Lego, right? So I said, we're going to go on a little journey around the world. I just received from Sukhan over in uh, Bangladesh, a, a list of the 25 families that we as a church, you know, right across our campuses are, are supporting at the moment through, through COVID, I said, well, this family, there's seven, there's seven people in this family. It's five days since they've had any food. And they were provided with some rice, some potatoes, some onion, onions. And they haven't been able to eat any food. And we think Lego is important. I didn't mean to make them cry. <laughs> it wasn't my purpose. But they're like, stop, Dad, stop. You know the result of that? They actually went to their, their rooms, they grabbed their wallets and they emptied their wallets and they said, can we give this to the people in Bangladesh? Perspective. Now, it's not healthy. We'll, we'll find out, we can find ourselves in a, in, a, in a place of comparison again. But actually in the light of eternity and what matters, it's actually not a bad thing to, to just kind of see what's going on and see whether we could be a difference, we could make a difference. See, the greatest treasure, when we get to heaven, so Mike, you, you're faithful with, with the greatest resource I ever gave you, which is people. That I care for people. The heartbeat of God, people, people. That's God's heartbeat. So serving in the car park today was all you did in your lifetime to see one person come in through these doors to give their life to Christ. I'd say that's a lifetime well spent. If cutting that person's here And speaking that word of kindness was all you did in your lifetime in one day, and it brought them closer to an eternity with God. I'd say that's a whole life well spent. One dot, one little dot, for the sake of one. Jesus went after the one. I want to talk about that next week. He went after the one. Would we live our lives going after the one? Loving, chasing, finding the one to love, to serve, to bless. You know, the reward in heaven, I believe, is going to be when somebody comes up and says, hey, I'm, I'm here and part of it is because you spoke to me about Jesus. Part of it is because you, you had a business that allowed me to work. And, I, and I'm i so thankful I gave my life to Christ and you are a part of it. That for me is the well done, good and faithful servant I'm looking for. I believe that God wants us to see things in the light of eternity. And right here, right now, This is the most important moment of our service. You're close to God or you're far away from God. To pray a prayer. Saying, God, I've messed up. The sin of my life has kept me separated from you. And the Bible says it's an eternity separated from God. But God had a plan. Plan to right the wrong of humanity. His plan was Jesus. Jesus who lived a perfect life and died a death he didn't deserve. So that me, God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while Mike was still a sinner, Christ died for me. That's the beauty of the gospel. Christ died for me, for you, for us. Anyone, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you do that today? Would you call on the name of the Lord? Would you call out to Jesus and say, God, please forgive me. Forgive me for living life my own way. I want to turn from my old way of living and I want to follow you. I want to spend eternity in your house. Let me pray. You can join me. Pray out loud if you want. Pray in your heart. God, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you saw value in my life. That you would give Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I turn from my old way of living and ask you to make me pure in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to give an opportunity just simply to acknowledge that you prayed that prayer. We don't want to embarrass you, but we want to get alongside you and help you take your next step in your relationship with God. So right where you are, with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you pray that prayer for the first time or coming back to God, saying, yes, I'm recommitting my life to Him you just raise your hand and said, yeah, I pray that prayer right now. Anyone this morning saying yes to that prayer? Thank you, God. Well, God, we come as your humble servants and we say thank you for the, the opportunity to gather together. Lord, I pray that we would see in the light of eternity what you would want us to see. Lord, that our perspective would change to see your perspective in Jesus' name. Amen.